0: Welcome to the family, here on Purple Mafia. I am your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Purple Mafia is available on all your favorite podcasting apps. Thank you for downloading and listening to the show. It is a great pleasure to be back on board with you once again today. Well, trying something a little different, now that I've got a little cutesy little table, I can actually look right at the TV rather than not look right at the TV while doing the show. So Sunday Night Football can be seen as I'm doing the podcast. So pretty cool, actually. It's a really nice way to do things. And of course, who knows, maybe I'll even start doing a show at the end of a Viking game or something. You know, I mean, it makes things a little better, a little more interesting. But the Minnesota Vikings opened things off on a wonderful start. Kevin O'Connell, obviously crappy 0 for 3 preseason, but it was like yeah, okay, you're just kind of messing around, letting guys obviously trying to earn jobs, this and that, which I respect very much, and unfortunately players getting hurt, which always happens in football games. Um, but then when the real thing comes, Ed Donatello's defense looks absolutely fantastic, and Kevin O'Connell's offense looks all the more creative, and the vibe is way better. The Minnesota Vikings defeat the Green Bay Packers in U.S. Bank Stadium 23-7. to 23 to 7 on 9-11. 21 years ago today, a terrible thing happened, of course. The two Twin Towers were hit by airplanes and then Building 7 went down mysteriously uh, not too long after that. Um, So we'll leave that as is. Uh, (laughs) Obviously, there's all kinds of information and conversation about that elsewhere, but today we're remembering all of those that lost their lives, those that risked their lives, those that, you know, may have, incurred uh, terrible sicknesses from the asbestos and such in the air all the first responders uh, first responders police medical fire uh, fire all of that i mean uh, and the the innocent civilians that lost their lives for no reason whatsoever no reason whatsoever uh, we're paying our respects to you today on september the 11th 21 year anniversary with a moment of silence Thank you. God bless you, all of you involved with 9-11 directly and indirectly. Well, like I said, again, obviously this was a second half, you know, the second half group, the 3.30 group. So obviously I'm recording the whole show in one one uh, quick thing here with three uh, segments all together, just like tradition, but now with Sunday Night Football opening things off on the first segment, not just the second and third, and being able to view it clearly the audio probably is going to sound a little different on these episodes if I do this. Hopefully it's not worse. We'll see. I also have the windows open a little bit because it's a nice, beautiful September day, a lot like 9-11-2001, a nice, cool day versus those hot and humid September days that can happen where as hurricane season floats around as well, and it blows all that hot, humid air up, uh, up here in Minnesota, Iowa, and all that, but I also want to wish Mark Carlson a happy birthday as well. Uh Definitely happy birthday to Mark Carlson, Purple Mafia Hall of Famer, one of the greatest people on earth, uh, also a veteran in Iraq, won back in 91 during the H.W. Bush era. So again, major, major respect to Mark Carlson, ha- Purple Mafia Hall of Famer. He was the first ballot one as well, by the way. Uh, again, joined the group back in 2012, and he's just been a legend ever since. Ten years already, Mark. Ten years. Unbelievable. Out of Iowa. So really, really cool indeed there. Thank you, Mark. So let's get to the game now. <clears throat> of course, first segment, we're going to review the game. Hopefully I'm not too out of whack. Usually the first week, I'm kind of like the Vikings offense opening things out because, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not much of a preseason guy anymore. I used to be, and how the players play in the preseason, and all of a sudden they don't anymore, that kind of thing. So, and plus, well, I feel a little awkward. I'm different. I'm positioned differently now, and unfortunately the stupid table is actually a little lower. As much as I love this table, I built it with instructions, of course, but yeah, anyhow, uh, Kirk Cousins, good, solid day, 23 of 32, 118.9 quarterback rating, two touchdowns, obviously looked fantastic in the game, a couple of those weird little gaps, where it's strange little decisions at the last second that could could turn into disasters, but that's every quarterback in the NFL, where you're like, oh, what the hell, I'll try this, oh, that was close, whoo, where it would have been like a little pick six there, luckily that never happened, Aaron Rodgers, also now, here's an urban legend. I'm going to bring this up real early. As urban legends tend to pop up at random stages in this verse segment, Aaron Rodgers threw his first interception against an NFC North opponent for the first time since 2019. This is the annihilation of common sense. You heard that. 2019 against the Detroit Lions, Aaron Rodgers has now thrown an interception against an NFC North opponent in three years almost, and we're talking like almost 400 attempted passes, what, okay, that's pretty good, that's insane, and obviously, you know, some of us out there have a greater respect for Aaron Rodgers than we did in the past, obviously, like Brett Favre grew on me, you know, you hated him forever, blah, 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 arch rival of the Minnesota Vikings, arch nemesis, Aaron Rodgers, arch nemesis, obviously, and in both cases, they got older, they just became more and more likable for whatever reason, you respect what they're able to do, as they just stayed good over the course of time. So that's kind of been going on with me with Aaron Rodgers the last couple of years, and some other things I guess you could say as well, but we'll leave that where that is. Um, the only real weakness in this game, other than for uh, you know the secondary obviously coming in, we're a little bit concerned. You don't know what to think with Cam Dantzler being like a full-time starter. Uh, obviously you have some young guys. Uh, Shannon Sullivan's decent, he's all right, this and that. Uh, Aaron Rodgers looked like he had... <laughs> Had something deep to Christian Watson. That could have been a huge like, game-changing moment there after a really impressive opening drive by the Minnesota Vikings. It looked like the Packers might have tied things up pretty quickly. Aaron Watson didn't bring the pass in. I mean, Rodgers threw it. Aaron Watson. Christian Watson didn't bring it in. It, he just kind of muffed it right between the hands there. Could have been an 85-yard touchdown pass, and Aaron Rodgers had his eyes open with that big look that, okay. And he ac- actually read his lips. He just said, okay. So... Yeah, kind of like something my brother would say, kind of sarcastic, almost like, really, man? So that was interesting, and that was a moment that could have really been a... (laughs) that could have sent things in the wrong direction for Minnesota pretty quickly. Uh, A.J. Dillon was definitely a threat. He was tough to bring down at times, and Aaron Jones was extremely tough to bring down at times. Minnesota Vikings, obviously, had trouble tackling on running plays from Green Bay, this and that, so it's just, you know, it's something to look at, something to, you know, you're going to have to go back and watch the film, you know, that kind of stuff, like Mr. Frazier would say all the time, former Minnesota Vikings coach, of course, Leslie Frazier. Uh, Randall Cobb was able to get two catches, woohoo! But, and, and uh, one of them was a big third-down conversion. Minnesota struggled a bit on third-down conversions, but we converted on our very first, we meaning the Minnesota Vikings, converted on our very first uh, fourth-down conversion of the year, to Justin Jefferson for a touchdown on the opening drive. So, really cool introduction for uh, Kevin O'Connell with Justin Jefferson. And what an introduction it was. Justin Jefferson saying by the end of the season, he'll be the best receiver in the NFL. I don't always like that kind of talk, but, uh, well, yeah, if he backs it up, so be it. Uh, interesting 9-11 when it comes to, he had nine receptions on 11 targets. So, there's 9-11, I guess. But um, wasn't a good day for Green Bay defending Justin Jefferson, was it? 184 yards with two touchdowns, again, on the opening drive was that big one. Again, a 64-yard reception, which set up what ended up being a field goal, unfortunately, but still a spectacular play nonetheless. Uh, Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson, great chemistry. Everything looks good. Um, the second touchdown thrown, actually the first touchdown thrown by Kirk Cousins on the opening drive. You got to see Kevin O'Connell pump his fist, this and that. It looked really cool. It looked like a hockey player that just scored a goal. on uh, The Minnesota Wild will say. But also, <clears throat> you got to see Kevin O'Connell put his hand out for like a, you know, those like a handshake high five type of deal with Kirk Cousins. I mean, how many times did you see that the last, you know, four years with uh, Mike Zimmer and Kirk Cousins? Never, basically. So that's always a wonderful, wonderful feeling to see that. <clears throat> you get to see more and more chemistry between the coach and the quarterback. It actually exists, and there is a pulse. And there's also a pulse against a team that I made fun of a week ago. In the season uh, preview episode, I made fun of a certain team out of New York, and they won. So that figures. A Couple of surprise wins today. One thing I think we got to make note of, though, this happens every year with the Green Bay Packers. I swear. Now this is not to uh, P- uh, uh, to This is not. To, <laughs> this is not to, to rain on anybody's parade whatsoever. To rain on anybody's parade. The, the Vikings played fantastic. Minnesota Vikings played absolutely fantastic. Delvin Cook looked great. Alexander Madison looked great. You know, four and a half yards of carry each. And it's, it's, you know, that's tech mobile football in, in terms of, you can just keep handing the ball off and getting first downs, you know, on three plays. And it's just da, da 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 You know, you'll be totally fine doing that. So, obviously, very efficient running game, very efficient passing game. But also, what did Aaron Rodgers do last year against the New Orleans Saints? Nothing. He was terrible. The Saints defense has rarely been known for being all that good. Though they can force turnovers, they they can make big plays, but a lot of their personnel is questionable at times. Obviously, there's some really talented players. There's top-heavy talent on the Saints' defense. Yeah, like, you know, obviously Jordan and, uh, you know, Lattimore and all them. So, obviously, very talented players. But they tend to give up yards. They tend to give up points. Maybe bend, but don't break, all that cute stuff. Uh, And now Mr. Allen's their coach, so good luck for Good luck to the Saints there. But last year, Aaron Rodgers was pitiful, and the Packers were pitiful against the New Orleans Saints as well on the road to open things out. So let's not forget that. A lot of times, it seems like Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, in general, tend to start off really slow. It's, it was the last two or three years straight, pretty much. We are like, oh, well, there there you go. I mean, Packers, that's funny. Wow, they, look at that. They lost. <laughs> they lost, and they just look like crap. That's funny. Hey, at least that's one less win for them. And, well, that was this year with the Minnesota Vikings. Of course, in 2020, yeah, that was different. Uh, 2019 was bad, if I remember correctly, for Green Bay. And 2021 was absolutely bad. I remember the Saints made Aaron Rodgers look terrible. Of course, Rodgers and the Packers came in in 2020 when there were no fans in the stadium. There's just about 200 people kind of spread out all over the place, mostly media and family and this and that, you know, players, families, and blah, 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 Um, ownership and all that garbage and all that cute stuff. Um, And you pretty much could just hear, I don't know, the sound of, like, vents, basically, when Aaron Rodgers was calling out the plays and he just kind of made us look like morons that year. And I'm not trying to be a jerk. It's just how, you know, Aaron Rodgers plays a very intelligent game. He can make people look stupid. He made the Dallas Cowboys look really damn stupid in a playoff game years ago. And it was kind of funny. I actually kind of enjoyed that. I I think that was when I started liking Aaron Rodgers, actually, was a couple years back when he went into... uh, Whatever the heck their new field is, and made them look like idiots. It was hilarious because I have no love lost for the Dallas Cowboys. You know, if you have any, if you've been around the Vikings for a long enough time, you have no love lost, uh, lost for them. So, um, so that did happen, obviously, two uh, two years ago. So there was always that fear that something like that might happen again. But of course, zero crowd noise. Aaron Rodgers took advantage of it. Vikings just weren't ready for that situation at all and Green Bay was, that kind of thing. Um, this time around, though, definitely polar opposite. Minnesota looked like the better team from start to finish, for the most part, for the most part. Green Bay had their little run pretty much in the third quarter, got things going a bit, and the Vikings' tackling was kind of meh, and it kind of continued, kind of lingered most of third quarter into the fourth, but generally speaking, the Vikings were the better team, and Hugo home feeling a hell of a lot happier. Coming out of this one, and it's a great introduction to Kevin O'Connell's uh, career as the Minnesota Vikings head coach. Obviously, hopefully, the tackling can improve some of the, you know, but the 3 4 defense, generally speaking, I'm very impressed. And, you know, it, it doesn't have the look like some people may have thought in the past where it's just three guys up front. No, everybody's kind of jammed up near the front, and then you get a pass rush from the outside from guys like Zedaria Smith. Um, Daniel Hunter it was absolutely fantastic seeing that throughout the day both Z'Darrius Smith and Daniel Hunter had sacks in the game and the Zedarius Smith sack I can imagine being extremely satisfying because Rodgers was banged up a bit on that play I think he maybe wrenched his neck a little bit but nothing super severe uh, enough to make him not want to get up for a little while um, and that also created a fumble so that was really cool as well Vikings like were able to recover the fumble there only got a field goal out of it but it was a damn good one by greg joseph who was fantastic throughout the day he looks like one of the best kickers in the league knock on wood <clears throat> jordan hicks also got a stack in the game dj Wanham, another one as well coming in with that wonderful pass rush that this 3-4 defense creates i like the 3-4 defense i really like it uh i'm satisfied <laughs> i'm satisfied i'm pleased with the whole idea and the concept of the 3-4 defense. It's like, where have you been all my life, 3-4 defense? Where have you been all my life? How, how many Super Bowls have the Vikings won with the 4-3 defense? So, might as well try something different. It hasn't been in, uh, employed by the Vikings in 40 years, apparently. So, better late than never, I guess. <laughs> Harrison Smith was absolutely great. Honestly, both of the Smiths were fantastic in the games. of Darius, again, getting that pass rush on. Didn't get a billion tackles or anything, but... He, he's, a, he's a designated pass rusher. I mean, he does a beautiful job of it. Um, Patrick Peterson was tested a bit in this game today, but still got the job done for the most part. Uh, <laughs> Cam Bynum with seven tackles in the game. Really nice uh, up-and-coming starting safety for the Minnesota Vikings, and that feels great to see. Cam Dancer was tested a bit, but not too terrible. Obviously, you're going to get beat by Aaron Rodgers, if you like it or not. It's going to happen like you're going to get beat by the guy who's on the screen right now. 45-year-old Tom Brady. Buccaneers look, uh, they look okay. It's 6-3. to three. The Buccaneers, uh, excuse me, the Tampa Bay Rays lead the Texas Rangers 6-3 to three right now. Yeah, you know, it's a high-scoring game. No, I'm going to lose this, this little predictor thing, aren't I? Because I thought this was going to be a very high-scoring game. It's early in the second quarter, so maybe it won't be too bad. Sorry for the lip smack there. Uh, I know I've heard, heard that's not very popular. I apologize. Um Rieger, well, he made a lot of fair catches and he had a seven-yard gain. Tons of fair catches. So nothing too excited out of Jalen Rieger yet, but we'll see going forward. Again, Greg Joseph, just boom, boom, boom. Made all three of his field goals, made his two extra points. A 56-yarder, which was a career high. Uh, Greg Joseph, you know, again, another guy that Mike Zimmer treated like garbage. No, not necessarily Greg Joseph, but the position of kicker. He treated like garbage forever. And I can't imagine Zimmer being there. Helped Greg Joseph's cause going up to uh, potentially win or lose the game with the Arizona Cardinals last year. So I don't think that helped Greg Joseph's cause too much. But, um, man, he's been so freaking good. And I'm I'm so happy to have you, Greg Joseph, just so you know, and really impressed, to be quite honest. It does suck that the return game doesn't really exist a whole lot in the NFL like it did in the past. But Kenny Nguyen Wu did have a 25-yard Return on the opening uh, kickoff of the season that felt pretty good. After that, though, not a whole lot. Not a whole lot. Lots of touchbacks or just letting the ball go that type of thing throughout the uh, uh, special teams. That's just how special teams are with the different rules. Unfortunately, maybe they'll cha- uh, adjust things and make special teams more interesting again. Though so last year we did see a special teams touchdown for the first time in eons, thanks to Kenan Uh So. <laughs> Pretty cool. Uh, just an overall, again, very positive day. Vikings defense contained and frustrated Rodgers off and on. Again, I, I like this 3-4 defense. It does provide a pass rush. It really does. Better than uh, better than the 4-3 did. It, it just seems like a better setup. It's more interesting. And, I mean, I haven't even started on the offense. And again, it just it looked more innovative. It looked more creative. Again, I mean, you saw guys going up the middle a bit more, this and that. Um, And there wasn't as much fear to make a play from Kirk Cousins. There was just more confidence overall on both sides of the ball. And again, you're also using the tight ends and such. Irv Smith was only targeted twice in the game, so that's a little disappointing. Hopefully he'll be targeted more often in the next game. He'll get more more involved in the offense. Uh, Ben Ellison was targeted once for a two-yard play, uh, Johnny Munt was actually the leading tight end with three targets, three catches, 17 <laughs> yards. So that is kind of funny. Uh, outside of Justin Jefferson, it was pretty much the Justin Jefferson show. He was the Cooper Cup of the Minnesota Vikings. And some people have been talking about Jeffers. Justin Jefferson is actually better than Cooper Cup. He just wasn't employed properly the last few years here. The f- for first two seasons of his career with uh, ultra-conservative Mike Zimmer. And, you know, again, a more running style type of offensive coordinator. And Kubiak and Kubiak. Kubiak and Kubiak Incorporated, right? Father and son. Yes, Kubiak, father and son. Oh. Kubiak and son, that's what they should call it. Might as well. Oh, boy. But, again, just you feel positive. You feel satisfied. I'm not, you can tell I'm not dancing on the, on the roof yet. It's one game. It's very nice, very positive. You go into Philadelphia and come out with a convincing victory there. That's another step headed in the right direction. That's for damn sure. Obviously, again, I mean, it's going to take time to employ this offense. This wasn't the most fascinating game I ever saw. It really wasn't. But again, it just, again, the vibe was much better. That's what helped. Obviously, you, you just, you felt confident when this team... This offense steps on the field, and you actually felt more confident when the defense is on the field as well. Like it just seemed like the game had kind of passed Zimmer by, but it also, again, the vibe itself, wasn't helping. A guy makes a mistake, and Zimmer reminds him of it nonstop, and beats him into the ground. So again, you heard about uh, what was said this past week from like guys like Terrence Newman and such, like one of his most loyal allies for years and years and years going back to the Dallas Cowboy days so without Mike Zimmer and man it was just much more fun to see second youngest coach in the league and it still amazes me that the youngest coach in the league is still Sean McVay which is weird that's weird because he's been the coach of the Rams for many years now already (laughs) so it's just funny to imagine so both of them came from the same tree of course so with that said let's pass out some awards here the Fran Tarkington Award for this episode against the Green Bay Packers is going to be Justin Jefferson. He was absolutely phenomenal throughout the game today. Again, just hope and pray guys like, you know, like honorable mentions of Daniil Hunter, Jerry Smith, who were just so great in the game. Uh, you just hope and pray that they can continue to stay healthy and get better and better. So I am just hoping and praying for that going forward. Greg Joseph is definitely an honorable mention. I mean, is there any doubt Obviously, phenomenal. Uh, Ryan Wright looked really good. He, he drew a run into the kicker play, but also, again, averaged, gosh, yeah, 46.4. Uh, he had three punts in the 20. So, again, he's able to control that, that big leg as well, which is important being a punter. I didn't even mention this on the last show. It's not about booming the ball a million yards. I mean, it's nice that you can do that, but at the same time, obviously, you'll take that over not booming the ball a million yards, <laughs> but you have to be able to, you know, obviously keep you in the ball in the 20 without getting a touchback, and he had three, three in the 20, also Pat O'Donnell, great job for Green Bay, similar situation there, so two nice young punters there for the two clubs, Ryan Wright, off to an awesome start, and he's the largest punter I've ever seen, no question about it, I, I'm not really thinking of any, uh, you know, just, just the tackling in general wasn't so great down the stretch, I don't really wanna pick on anybody today. I I don't. I don't really want to pick on anybody, so I'm gonna I'm gonna veer away from the Christian Ponder Award. Maybe it's just gonna go to Mike Zimmer, I guess. Christian Ponder Memorial. I don't know. Nah, I'm you know, Mike Zimmer's been piled on enough. So I'm I'm gonna get off of that. I apologize, Mike Zimmer, if you one in a billion chance he's listening. I'm a little bummed KJ Osborne wasn't involved a little more, but well it is what it is. Hopefully KJ can be more involved. Obviously Adam Thielen as well, but if Justin Jefferson's going to play like that, it kind of is what it is. Hopefully K.J. Osborne doesn't demand a trade or something, kind of like a Jake Reed in the past. But uh, he's one of my favorite players in the league. I just love K.J. Osborne. So big honorable mention. Or, or you know, just I'm just uh, concerned. Hopefully he can get more involved, and I'm sure he will. You can't just throw the ball to one guy forever. But, I mean, it just it just worked. Just like Randy Moss worked against the Packers years ago, particularly in 98, which was so much fun. Uh, with that said, I think that's about it. I gave out my Urban Legend again, like Aaron Rodgers' first interception against the NFC North team since 2019. thats unfreaking un-frickin'-believable. Um, trying to think of other details other than, again, just, just you know, more, things look more creative. Uh, it's not as just, okay, we're just going to make short passes on third and eight, this and that. And we weren't stuck in third and eight a whole lot either. The passes were a little bit deeper. It's just simple sometimes, simple concept. Maybe you have to break a tackle or something, but it's more doable. You don't have to get eight yards and break like four tackles to get a first down with the way this offense is set up. And that was what the problem was in the past uh, with with the Kubiak and Son situation. And, of course, uh, Zimmer as the head coach because he was more of a dictator when it came to the offense like even though he's the head coach and he hates offense but he's dictating how the uh, how aggressive the offense is so it was just utterly ridiculous when you put two and two together with how things were going on with Zimmer in the past so it's too bad it's a damn shame that things uh, went in the direction they did but uh they did looks like Brady's hurt a bit interesting um maybe a wrist a little bit going on here. No, no, that's a different probably a person. Different person. Uh, it was the offensive lineman that was protecting him, but uh, well, Tampa looks like they might be going up 9-3. to three. Good defense by Tampa keeping Dallas contained in their house. <laughs> Only three points so far still in the uh, first quarter. So with that, we'll take a quick break. Look around the league. Ah, and they missed the kick. You son of a gun. You missed a 36-yarder, man. Come on. Come on, man. He he hooked it big time. All right, well, we'll see what happens. (laughs) We'll talk about it some more in the second segment. So we're pretty much going to continue right where I left off. We are back here on Purple Mafia segment number two, going to look around the league, some surprises to open things up, but I guess it's not all that uh, surprising, generally speaking, that weird things happen in the first, uh, <laughs> weird things can happen in the in the opening week. In fact, you know, sometimes this kind of stuff drags to week two or three sometimes where maybe a really good team loses, a, loses like two games or one game and such I don't think I have any chance of winning that money in that predictor bet, though. By gosh, I think there's just no offense in this game. There's, there's some yards, maybe. But, oh, yeah, nice pass interference, TJ. What are you doing, Lamb? What are you doing, Lamb? That's what I had for dinner tonight, actually. Maybe that's why I feel a little bit, well, woozy. I don't know, and I apologize for that. Uh, let's get to where we need to be here. Buffalo and Los Angeles. Opening things off It could have been the Super Bowl last year. Very possible. Maybe it would have been the result too. Yeah, probably not. And Buffalo very well could be this year's Super Bowl champion. They're definitely on my very short list of four teams that I believe could win the Super Bowl this year. Uh, that would be Buffalo, Cincinnati. Cincinnati, yeah, yeah, that team. San Francisco, yeah, yeah, that team too. And the team I'm seeing on the screen right now, the Bucks, and they they look okay. They're at least ahead. But a 31-10 to butt-kicking to open up the NFL season. 31-10 to 10 in Los Angeles, by the way. Very impressive performance by the Buffalo Bills. Very, very impressive performance. Very happy, actually, to see it because I, I like the Bills. Not too long ago, it seems like yesterday, there was rumors about the Buffalo Bills moving to Los Angeles. That was, of course, before the Rams did. There was rumors about the Vikings moving there. Yeah, man, I guess that has been about a decade ago already. Wow all the vikings got the stadium approved in 2012 there's an interception and i do believe that is is that Abdullah? no that's not Abdullah. what am i talking about but big interception there by tampa well mr what's his name is oh yeah that's winfield of course that's why i thought he looked familiar yep that's our guy antoine winfield jr former gopher and of course son of minnesota vikings uh legend antoine winfield at least you know ring of honor type of deal Buffalo's looking to get to some kind of ring of honor or something. Matthew Stafford with three interceptions in the game, which he is known to do at times. Cooper Cup with 128 yards and a touchdown. Stephon Diggs with 122 yards and a touchdown. Gabe Davis uh, joining the party for Buffalo with 88 yards on four catches for a TD. Josh yes, Allen does his thing as well, running for a touchdown. He's a fantasy phenom, but unfortunately the two interceptions probably hurt your fantasy stats a little bit. I always forget this is a touchscreen uh, laptop, which is nice. Von Miller with a couple of sacks, the former uh, Denver Bronco, and phenom with Buffalo, that great defense, where Leslie Frazier is doing a fantastic job being more and more innovative, and that's good. you got to adjust a little bit sometimes. Because Leslie Frazier's an old-timer. He played for the 85 Bears, for Pete's sake. And unfortunately, in that Super Bowl, it was pretty much the end of his career. I had a major knee injury. Uh, I believe on a kickoff. So that really sucked for Leslie Frazier way back in the day now. Um, but no, doing a fantastic job with the Buffalo defense. Remember when he came in here and kicked our butts? Right when Buffalo started to improve, little did we know just how good Buffalo was going to be coming into that game. Most of us, like, rid out, ridden off Buffalo. Minnesota's going to be just fine. Buffalo came in and you know, swatted the Vikings like we were flies in that game, and it was like, what just happened? Yeah, I mean, we just got our ass handed to us by Leslie Fraser, who we used to think of as a very vanilla defensive coordinator and head coach. Next thing you know, he does what he does. So, Buffalo looks great. They look like a Super Bowl contender, at least after that first game where the Super Bowl was played and won by the los angeles rams nolens a little nfc south action going on in the deep south new orleans and atlanta old bitter rivals for years and years and years and years at least 50 years going back in the day into the 70s and such james winston with a very 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 solid performance going against marcus Mariota of the new york jets i mean the i mean the 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 no i don't it's not the new york jets it would have been the tennessee titans Uh, Cordero Patterson with 120 yards for Atlanta, being a stud out there. Uh, 120 yards rushing at the running back position. Jeez, averaged 5.5 yards a carry with a touchdown. Marcus Mariota getting mobile out there, but lost a fumble in the game. Jameis Winston, absolutely fantastic. Well, really good, not fantastic, but a nice solid win. Getting things going, Jarvis Landry, former Miami Dolphin, Michael Thomas, back from injury 57 yards on the day with a couple of touchdowns which makes people feel good will lutz is still there will lutz is still there but he missed one field goal and made a 51 yarder cool will Lutz has been around forever and ever and ever unfortunately the famous punter is no longer there though uh yep cam jordan cameron jordan that's the name i was bringing up earlier the Saints with zero stacks in the game, so that's interesting. And Lattimore, of course, didn't get didn't get tested a whole lot because why would you do that? It's one of the best uh, defensive backs in the NFL, obviously. Even though he's he's, he's an ass, <laughs> he's an absolute ass, but he's a great player. Uh, Elvin Kamara is an ass too, but great player. <laughs> Nine rushes, he was contained fairly nicely, uh, generally speaking. wasn't the most exciting football game ever, but well, Atlanta almost won and they didn't win. Basically, because New Orleans came back and stole it away. Basically, Atlanta was winning 26 to 10. Unfortunately, the Falcons know a thing or two about blowing large leads. Okay, I'll get off of that. Yeah, if you've been watching football for at least the last six seven years, you have an idea what that means. Brady getting in the face of Hainsley. Apparently, going into the break, there he looked a little bit intense. That would be a little intimidating. 45 year old legendary, you know, seven times Super Bowl champion quarterback was the goat and all that, getting up in your face pretty pissed off about something, so scary stuff this is off uh, this is not where I want to go yet, that's NFC North related, oh Cincinnati I picked you to win the Super Bowl, didn't I? I picked you to win the Super Bowl <sighs> <sighs> and uh, well, Joe Burrow knows a thing or two about getting sacked one too many times, he also threw four interceptions in the game, he was sacked seven freaking times Four interceptions and a fumble loss. That's five turnovers for my guy, Joe Burrow. One of my favorite players in all of football. Joe Mixon, the counterpart for Delvin Cook, of course. Two guys that were, you know, once upon a time could have been taken in the early first round. One up in the second round because of, you know, at the time off-field issues that haven't been a problem. Let's keep that where it needs to be. Knock on wood. Keep it, uh, stay on the straight and narrow, hopefully, guys. Joe Burrow, great job. And, uh, excuse me, Joe Mixon and Delvin Cook, great job. Jamar Chase, well, Cook almost well. (laughs) Jamar Chase, one of the best receivers ever, no, one of the best receivers in today's game, of course, and uh, teammate of legendary uh, Justin Jefferson, (laughs) 129 yards and a touchdown. I mean, that's really cool, just amazing, amazing talent. Both of them. I mean, LSU, good job. That's all I got to say. And I don't even like LSU, but good God, (laughs) Jam Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? <laughs> I mean, jeez. Just imagine if they were on the same NFL team altogether. That'd be pretty cool. But yeah, yeah, maybe maybe Joe Burrow can come here, you know, like right after Cousins retires. Uh, Joe, uh, yeah, that's maybe it's not. Maybe Cincinnati's kind of like a place where they don't win a whole lot, so you want to come over. We got a better offensive line now. We do. We have a better offensive line than Cincinnati. That didn't help him in the Super Bowl or the or any other playoff game last year, did it? Pittsburgh beat Cincinnati 23 to 10 or 20 as I try to delay the inevitable. The Pittsburgh Steelers beat the Cincinnati Bengals in their house. Mm, I hope it's not the old uh, losing the Super Bowl uh, hangover type of thing. Mm, uh, I'm not real happy about this. Mitch Trubisky, good good start I guess. Uh, again, Mitch Trubisky, not the best completion percentage, not the most accurate thrower. He was definitely not the main reason our Pittsburgh win is the defense. Defense showed up to play. But unfortunately, one of the greatest players of the last few years here and NFL stack leader and all that, just like J.J. Watt, T.J. Watt, a stack in the game was freaking unbelievable, and he tore his pectoral muscle. Yeah, We all know how long those take to recover. It really sucks. That sucks, because this Pittsburgh team looked really good in this game, and they have a ton of talent, which includes T.J. Watt, and he tore his Pictaro muscle in today's game. So I feel bad for you, Pittsburgh. I do. I mean, you have six Super Bowls and everything, but, hey, that doesn't mean you can't win seven. Um, I, feel, I feel bad about that injury, though, when you think about a player of that level. It sucks. And yet they say won the game, but then it's like you just have that empty feeling. You just lost probably your best player. And, oh, that sucks. So that's one thing to dampen the mood in uh, Pittsburgh. As uh, Pittsburgh was able to win it in OT, this game went to OT and was a nice long kick. Both kickers missed in OT, which is really annoying. I remember Cincinnati is a wonderful kicker, but missed. And uh, Chris Boswell was able to get the winner from 53 yards out to send the Steelers home at the basically a walk-off win, as it would have been a tie otherwise had he missed. Next week's opponent against the NFC North team. That's the very last one we're coming to. Philly versus Detroit. Very entertaining game, actually. Miami Dolphins, a very entertaining matchup historically against the New England Patriots. And honest to God, the Miami Dolphins have had a ton of success against the New England Patriots, even with Tom Brady as the the star player for New England for so long. Always a huge problem and all that. So something to think about there, of course. Certainly not the most entertaining game, but the Dolphins with the win, and that's what's important for them. Tua, 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 and all that good stuff. Well, quarterback rating was over 100. He did throw for a touchdown. Mac Jones struggled. He threw an interception, but also was was adequate at times. This is not an entertaining matchup, though. At the moment, though, Tyreek Hill with 94 yards. I'm not a big fan of the guy. He's a cocky SOB, but, well, if he can make the Dolphins better, so be it. And... Because I kind of like the Miami Dolphins. always kind of have. Love that uh, that teal color and all that really cool uh, look. And it's, it's been about 50 years since they won a Super Bowl. Unfortunately, their last Super Bowl win was against us. Bastards. So, yeah, that has been 50 years pretty much, right? One more year to go. Hmm. Hmm. Well, maybe we'll get off of that at the moment. I don't, I don't have a whole lot to say about that one. I mean, the Dolphins beat the Patriots. We're happy for them. Baltimore Ravens beat a New York Jets team that's back to being the team that just doesn't score points and kind of stinks at everything, and they have a 90-year-old quarterback in Joe Flacco going against his former club, who he won the Super Bowl with in 2012, 10 whole years ago. That's just so weird to imagine somebody born in 1985 being really old, but yeah, that's reality nowadays. It's a beast of a guy, though. Joe Flacco, he was a hell of a quarterback in his time with the Baltimore Ravens, and he was always clutch. He got the job done. Had a few good years, and all of a sudden, he just all of a sudden he just couldn't play anymore. <laughs> it just seemed like it was kind of sad, and now he's the quarterback of the Jets because of you know obviously injury to the young the young man, uh, Greg Zierlein, a very familiar kicker with a 45-yarder for the Jets. <laughs> he was able to get a couple. Of, uh, able to get one one kick, and obviously, uh, Jets ultimately n- a non-factor against Lamar Jackson and Co. At least Lamar Jackson was able to stay healthy, throw for three touchdowns and one INT. But again, not a whole lot to be super excited about other than Rashad Bateman, former Gopher, led the Baltimore Ravens in yardage anyway for receiving with 59 yards and a touchdown. So good for him. Rashad Bateman, former Gopher. A couple of sacks in the game, but nothing all that spectacular, nothing all that exciting. Again, an easy win for Baltimore as they should be a playoff team. Whether you like it or not, they should be a playoff team. Jacksonville Jaguars heading to the Washington Commanders, opening things up with their new name and their golden maroon W and all that. They're the Washington W's, they're the Commanders, they're, they're the Commanders. Yep. Well, Carson Wentz also played pretty well for the Washington Commanders. Wash, uh, one of his better games in a while here, at least going back a bit. Had a couple of good moments last year with the Colts, but wound up leaving that team as well now for Washington. Who obviously, uh, holds now have Matt Ryan, of course. Four touchdown passes by Carson Wentz against a mediocre Jacksonville team that can't beat anybody. Um, four touchdowns, two interceptions. That's about what you expect from Carson Wentz. All like Carson Palmer, you know, a guy who at times is great. And then again, the injury, uh, the interceptions would catch up as well. Antonio Gibson with 72 yards in the game. Christian Kirk was fantastic for an improving. Jacksonville team, and of course, James Robinson, the running back, who's been a nice, just a nice little piece, nice little piece for Jacksonville the last couple of years. He's been good every week for about two years now for them 66 yards and a TD. And uh, Trevor Lawrence, hopefully, there's more to offer going into this year, and he's not a huge blue chip bust like so many have been for so long. So many of those top three quarterbacks come in thinking that, you know, that here we go, he's the future of the league, and then he's just not. Hopefully, Trevor Lawrence for Jacksonville's sake. He's not one of those, but another interception in today's game for him. As they mounted last year, those INTs. But obviously he needs more and more to work with. Jacksonville has built their team fairly nicely in the last couple drafts, but apparently not enough yet. Cleveland Browns with a win against Carolina on the road. Was Carolina suck that bad, or was it an impressive win for Cleveland? I don't know. Maybe Carolina just sucks. Baker Mayfield lost to his former team. Baker Mayfield lost to his former team throwing an interception in the game uh, and all that. Cleveland ended up winning on a 58-yard field goal from Cade York to wrap things up with 13 seconds remaining, basically a walk-off and able to win by two points (laughs) over the Carolina Panthers, who looked like they'd won the game on a 34-yard field goal by Eddie Pinero. But that's where you got to score that touchdown, guys, instead of relying on Eddie Pinero. Because Panero can't score seven points, he can score three. You know, he can score three. Yeah, they still had a minute 17 left to go against Jacoby Brissett, who I like actually. Jacoby Brissett took him down the field and got the job done. Neither quarterback majorly stood out. It was about Nick Chubb, in a lot of ways. He was a stud on the field. 142 yards, did not get in the end zone, but almost six and a half yards a carry. Pretty cool. Donovan Peoples Jones. Donovan Peoples Jones. Fascinating name for the uh, Cleveland Browns. <laughs> Receiving 60 yards in the game. Robbie Robbie Anderson with a touchdown and 102 yards. Christian McCaffrey struggled in the game. The Cleveland defense was good, but at least uh, for McCaffrey's sake, he did get into the end zone once. But other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how was the play? A couple of sacks by Miles Garrett. Uh, yeah, by <laughs> Baker Mayfield opening things out against his former club and losing to his former club. Uh, And as the former club's backup. Even though Jacoby Brissett's a good backup, still a backup. So it is what it is. Uh, Indianapolis and Houston play to a tie. I can't imagine how frustrated Colts fans are right now. Uh, Even though the Texans have a decent quarterback of the future in Davis Mills, who was taken right after uh, Kellen Mond. Whoops. Whoops. Kellen Mond was a name and all that. He was a name, but uh, yeah, whoops. I mean, it would have been nice to have Davis Mills instead. He was actually taken right before him, but still, would have been nice to have Davis Mills instead. Maybe there's some hope, and he's actually been pretty good for Houston, to say the least. He's been very solid. Uh, slightly older than uh, Kellen Mond is Davis Mills. Matt Ryan threw 50 passes and got a lot of yards, but was just kind of average. Just kind of average, you know, like just okay. That's why his quarterback rating hung around the low 80s. Davis Mills, just a little better, you know, about almost 100 quarterback rating and didn't turn the ball over. Jonathan Taylor with 161 yards on the ground, almost, I mean, over five yards a carry. did get into the end zone once. Good for him. Michael Pittman Jr., also a freaking awesome game. The Colts' offense looked better, but they just didn't get the job done when it mattered, unfortunately. And interception and mediocre play by Matt Ryan down the stretch. Certainly. Didn't help the Indianapolis Colts uh, cause going forward. New York Giants went into Tennessee and won. So there's a pulse. There's a pulse in New York. It, It ain't the Jets. There's no pulse there. But the Giants, the Giants won. Daniel Jones out of Duke. The Duke quarterback. Everybody's like, who the heck is that? Daniel Jones with a couple of touchdowns. Yes, he managed to throw an interception. But didn't throw the ball all that much and was very efficient in the game. Saquon Barkley with a big touchdown really late to help the Giants secure the victory. 164 yards total, averaged 9.1 because of a 68-yard scamper. An awesome game by Saquon Barkley and an awesome, awesome, impressive win by the New York Giants and a very disappointing loss for the Tennessee Titans to open up their season to the New York bleeping Giants in their house. In their house, in Tennessee, you know what I'm saying? They end up losing to the Giants. Yeah. So impressive win for the New York Giants. And again, I guess they must have heard my last show. Trashing, I've been making fun of them. Kansas City rolled all over Arizona. It was it was what it was. It was Kansas City playing like the Chiefs that a lot of us remember, despite the fact that uh, Mr. Mr. P Sign, Mr. I Mr. I'm better than everybody else is no longer there. He's in Miami. Uh, Patrick Mahomes threw for five touchdowns, another MVP like performance for him. <laughs> Just makes it look so easy, almost a perfect quarterback reading. Not quite. No turnovers. Eyes up, Pachero, uh, <laughs> Isaiah P- P- Pachecho, Excuse me, with a 62 yards and a touchdown rushing. They don't really talk about running backs a whole lot there in uh, in Kansas City. But Travis Kelsey. no, I know Travis Kelsey. I'm just messing around. Juju Smith Schuster, no, also a big strong performance. Mm, Kansas City's going to be just fine, aren't they? Uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, former Green Bay Packer as well, one of the guys who had one of those devastating catches and torched the Vikings during the last two scrappy sh- seasons, pardon me, as <laughs> the, the, the Zimmer defense went down That you-know-what the last couple of years, uh, Scantling, yeah, former Packer, who could forget that, jerk, freaking McKinnon as well, a couple of catches and, and scampers there for 27 yards, good for him running game. Yeah, he managed to get four rushes and almost six yards a carry. Good job, Jarek. He had an 18-yard little run there. But uh, Jarek McKinnon obviously limited role most places he goes but uh, yeah, he's got to be getting up there a little bit now. Man, I was such a big fan of his. I, I really was. Uh, Kyler Murray, couple touchdown passes. Didn't turn the ball over but also just, I don't know, just not, just not enough. I mean, Kansas City was just way the frick better and that's all there is to say. Matt Prater might be the best kicker in the league, but he missed. Or no, he didn't miss. He didn't have any field goal attempts in the game. I'm looking at the wrong thing here. So my deep apologies. Not one stack on Patrick Mahomes. And Kansas City had three. Three stacks on Kyler Murray and co. So good for them, I guess. Kansas City 44-21 to 21 over Arizona. A lot of Arizona's points came much later in the game when it didn't matter. So basically, Kansas City just throttled Arizona. Yeah, I don't like it, but it is what it is. Las Vegas loses their opener to the Los Angeles Chargers, as this will wrap up games that have been played other than NFC North games. Uh, obviously, Tampa right now 9-3. to Brady's having some fun, sort of. Looks like, you know, he doesn't look that old, does he? He doesn't look like a 45-year-old. He really doesn't, but that's how it is. Um, Derek Carr with three interceptions in the game. Just sloppy. Not a good day. Josh Jacobs didn't get to run a whole lot, and the Chargers took care of business. Justin Herbert with three touchdowns and no turnovers. Keenan Allen still putting up the wonderful numbers of 66 yards. Didn't get in the end zone, though. Um, Just a nice, solid win. Good season opener for the Los Angeles Chargers. Not the most spectacular game ever, but Daniel Carlson continued to do what he does. He's the best kicker in the league. Thank you very much, Mike Zimmer and uh, Rick Spielman. But uh, that's how that goes. Three sacks for Khalil Mack now of the Los Angeles Chargers. Khalil Mack is now a Los Angeles Charger, and he had three sacks in the game. Good for him. We'll see what happens. This could be a very interesting team going forward. Obviously, Justin Herbert looked on as one of the five best quarterbacks in the league uh, in terms of future and all that. And some people are thinking this Chargers team is going to win the Super Bowl soon. Maybe, maybe they will. Maybe they're going to be the Kansas City Chiefs going forward the next Chiefs basically uh, with obviously some nice pass rush and some fantastic offense to go with it. I have very little hope of the Las Vegas Raiders unfortunately I I wish they're good because I like everything Las Vegas when it comes to sports. I love the Golden Knights but I think it's similar there as well. So let's go to the NFC North if humanly possible. Now that we're heading in that direction. There's only uh, obviously we played Green Bay duh. So there's one, one game before the preview going forward. San Francisco 49ers head to Chicago and lose. The team I picked to make it to the Super Bowl, win the NFC. Lost to the Bears. The team that everybody talked about is just, you know, tanking and they're gutting the team and starting all over. Well, they beat them. It's two young quarterbacks going up against each other. Trey Lance and Justin Fields. Look like Fields is a little bit better. A couple of touchdowns. He only threw the ball 17 times in the game and managed to throw an interception on one of them, which is kind of funny. Um, but got the job done, a 51-yard play to Dante Pettis, with the t- which ended up being a touchdown. So that helps Justin Fields. Otherwise, he might have had like 80 yards passing in the game. But uh, obviously, very conservative approach because you know they don't want to tear the guy's confidence apart. Understandable. Um, Dominique Robinson with a stack and a half for the Chicago Bears. San Francisco with a, m- a couple of sacks, one of them with Nick Bosa and such. But Chicago just kind of hung in there and hung in there and hung in there. And that's what happens when you let a team like Chicago to just hang in there. Funny things happen. San Francisco had a 10 nothing lead in this game and then just kind of didn't do anything. They just stopped playing, basically. And that's a new San Francisco. Midway through the third quarter, they just kind of stopped playing. I don't know. You, you just... <laughs> It is what it is. They I don't know if they just thought, we'll figure this out, we'll be okay. And then, I don't know, Trey Lance just couldn't get anything going. And if 49ers have a crappy year this year, Trey, Trey Lance being just kind of not ready is part of the reason. I hate to say it. Not trying to trash in Trey Lance, but it is what it is. And great, uh, Not great, but good, good season opener, Justin Fields. And a team that most people thought would win maybe three or four games this year. Well, they got one of them already. So who knows? Who knows? Let's talk about the philadelphia eagles and detroit lions here going forward it's definitely a very rich history between these two teams the vikings and the philadelphia eagles and uh obviously the vikings have been successful lately but of course postseason philadelphia has owned the vikings when it matters more than some random regular season game we'll see how things go here but first let's talk about how detroit played against them as well detroit ends up losing the game 30 38 35 philadelphia with the win a very epic back and forth battle between the Eagles and the Detroit Lions. Kind of fun. Kind of fun. Nice to see these young offenses get going. And in a game where a team scores 38 points, Jalen Hurts throws no touchdown passes. So that's interesting. Of course, Miles Sanders running the ball for 96 yards and a touchdown. Jalen Hurts ran for 90 yards on 17 carries and a touchdown. Kenneth Gainwell for 20 yards and a touchdown. Somebody named Boston Scott also got in the end zone. So four rushing touchdowns for the Philadelphia Eagles. They they have a good running game. They really do, and that's not a joke. We've been talking about that the last couple of years. DeAndre Swift sounds like a former basketball player, but a nice running back for the Detroit Lions with 144 yards, nine point six to carry and a touchdown. Jamal Williams also sounds like a like a shooting guard in the NBA. He does. Swift sounds like a power forward, like Stroh Miles Swift years ago for Seattle. So I guess that is a while back. Stroh Miles Swift to Seattle. Seattle was not had a basketball team in 15 years. Um, Jamal Williams got in the end zone twice. Could have been one of those cute little uh, fantasy pickups that you just happen to accidentally throw in the lineup, and then oh oh my god, you got two touchdowns. <laughs> Philadelphia, I mean, they're going to give up numbers. They're going to give up points. They're going to give up rushing yards. Uh, Jared Goff threw for a couple touchdowns, 215 yards, but there's always, there's, there's always going to be that interception somewhere. And of course, he threw that. Uh, TJ Hawkinson, yeah, he's never really taken off much for Detroit, but the the play, the, the play the overall passing game in Detroit hasn't been so great, but D.J. Hawk is in there. Uh, and, uh, old What's-His-Name couldn't stay healthy the last couple of years there, and then went to win the Super Bowl with the L.A. Rams. Matthew Stafford, that's Old What's-His-Name. They try to go forward, but I got to think, see, they, I mean, Philadelphia gives up points. They give up points they had the last few years, but they have a damn good running game. There's no doubt about that. Uh, A.J. Brown, though, as well. My goodness, eighty, a uh, hundred and fifty-five yards and ten catches. Didn't get in the end zone, but overall great performance for him. And now we have, uh, yeah, we have we have the former, we have the former Philadelphia a high draft pick as well, taking it just ahead of Justin Jefferson. Whoops, bumping into stuff here. A.J. Brown played with Tennessee the last couple of years, kind of a thousand yardish type of guy. With the Tennessee Titans, he did have tw- he did have 11 touchdowns in 2020 in only 14 games. Pretty damn impressive. So obviously a solid addition. Young, solid, healthy addition to the Philadelphia Eagles. That's why they were able to move on from Rager, apparently. Jalen, so there's no Jalen to Jalen. Jalen Hurst is Jalen Rager. Yeah, no great situation there. Um, let's look at the history between these two clubs quickly. Vikings now lead 15, 14, and zero. So no ties in their history. Hopefully there's no tie now. Vikings pounded the Eagles in 2019. The first two performances, their first two games, Kirk Cousins versus Philadelphia were damn impressive. Of course, the Vikings got obliterated 38 to seven in the NFC Championship game. Um, but then most recently, the Vikings won 23 to 21 in a very entertaining game where Kirk Cousins really jumped up and played well. And of course, 38-20. to 20, Very impressive. Easy win for the Vikings, 2019. So it's been three years already. Huh. It felt more recent than that. Um, Vikings must have had good history against Philadelphia many years ago, because after twenty or before 2010, the Vikings went down the crapper. Uh, the 2010 Vikings beat the Eagles in a game that didn't matter at all. And old what's-his-name, Donovan McNabb, was completely toast by then. In fact, he wasn't even there anymore. So... <laughs> Yeah, he was completely toast by then, though. Uh, yeah, McNabb was already in Washington by then. Vikings lost five games in a row to Philadelphia from... All the way from 97... Nope, the Vikings beat them. I remember that. That was Ty Detmer against Brad Johnson very early. That was a fun, fun little start to the season back in 97. I think the Vikings went 3-0 and after, after that game, if I remember correctly. That was impressive. Um... Eagles just smoked us in two thousand one. That's when we were terrible, of course, forty eight to seventeen. Remember that? Uh, that was when Joe Sensor with Paul Allen said, "Good golly, this is disgusting." Yeah, he was like blown. He was he couldn't believe how terrible it was. Um, Eagles won twenty seven sixteen in two thousand four, and then later that year in the postseason, they beat us pretty handily. Uh, That was not a good day. And of course, seven, uh, 17, they beat us. Excuse me, 20, uh, 2007, they beat us. And then after the Vikings won the division, you know, we had Tavares Jackson, a quarterback in a playoff game and he threw the ball to God knows who. Um, Lots of losses as well. Like early nineties, 92. I still remember that one. Um, I think it was Sean Salisbury just threw the ball right to Reggie White for a pick six. It was just stupid. It was embarrassing. Um, The vikings lost in 90 and in 89 10 to 9 that's pretty frustrating but some really good start to the uh to the tenure between these two teams the vikings won the first one two three four five six seven that's what i thought seven games against the eagles from 62 to 76 and then of course when it started to become kind of important 1981 a divisional playoff game eagles beat the vikings 31 to 16. so tommy kramer led vikings in 81 I believe, yeah, that was right after the uh, the miracle, the Amad Rashad miracle. And then you go to play Philadelphia and get whooped. So then there's the Stefan Diggs miracle and you go play the Philadelphia Eagles in the NFC title game and get whooped. So, terrific stuff. Very disappointing. At the end of the day, a, a fairly rich history going all the way back to 1962 with the Philadelphia Eagles. They've been around forever, of course, with the Cunninghams and the You know, all these other great players that have come and gone. (laughs) And some interesting ones like Jeff Garcia. um, Michael Vick and such. So, obviously, it's been a very interesting off-and-on history. Donovan McNabb was freaking awesome when he was uh, in his prime with Philadelphia. Those are some fun days, to be quite fair. Uh, I want to step out in faith and believe in a victory. And I think this Viking team can absolutely beat the Philadelphia Eagles. But if I stick to my guns with what I thought things were going to go, the Vikings would beat Green Bay, and lose on the road to Philadelphia, and but wind up by the end of the season 11 and six. Who knows? Maybe we're going to be 12 and five-ish, and and possibly win the division. Maybe 13 and five, uh, 13 and four would be unbelievable. Um, but we shall see. I'm not overly super duper duper confident, and I don't know, but I do think the Vikings can win the game. No doubt about it at the moment just to play it safe and I'd rather be wrong I'd rather be wrong about uh, I'd rather be wrong about us losing than wrong about us winning you know what I mean so I'll I'll go this way I'm going to pick Philadelphia to beat the Vikings something along the likes of and I'm probably going to be wrong I think this Vikings team can absolutely get it done absolutely and I'm just about ready to change the pick but I don't want to be overly optimistic because of one day I mean Green Bay just might have had a huge hiccup today who knows um, I'm just picking Philadelphia to win final score of something along the likes of 28-24, something like that. The Vikings' run defense wasn't all that good today. And as long as Philadelphia you know, as long as the Philadelphia doesn't fall behind the Vikings, their running game takes control of the game and they, they could win. Uh, they'll be hard to catch if that's the case. So if the Philadelphia Eagles are ahead in that fourth quarter. The Vikings could be in trouble. And that's kind of how I feel this might wind up at the end of the day. Uh, Philadelphia does give up a ton of points, so this creative Vikings offense could get more creative than ever. Uh, And at least one one week, you know, one week now in the books with this offense. One week experience working together in a real game that really matters. So we'll see. But I think 28-24 Philadelphia at the end of the day. We'll be back to hear from you and from Gerald String right after this. Joey, just wanted to say that for the first time in a long time, the team that you see on paper actually showed up on the field. Awesome victory. Didn't get to see the whole game, but I'm going to finish watching it tonight on, uh, not game pass, the new one, uh, NFL Plus, I think it is. So, man, I hope we can keep that going. I hope that's the real team. Keep her going into Philadelphia next Monday night. Skull, Purple Nation, Congratulations. Way to start the season. And I thank you for that, Carl Gerald out of Nebraska, Gerald String. Thank you so much, always. Purple Mafia Hall of Famer. This is segment number three, fan interaction segment, of course. And you heard from Gerald there talking about how you finally got to see the team we saw on paper, and yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, these nice defensive players showing up to play, offensive players showing up to play for the most part. Obviously, the ball not spread around as much as it probably will be at other times this season. I gotta think we might be looking at Mike McCarthy's last year in Dallas here, as I'm still watching Sunday Night Football. Twelve to three, only three points against this Tampa, but uh, Tampa defense, which is pretty good, but they don't have Namak and Sue. We'll see if he suits up for the Minnesota Vikings at some point. Yeah, he'd be more of a depth guy at this stage, but apparently he wants a lot of money. So welcome to the professional sports there. As for the the uh, yep the item uh, the other. Thing that, that Gerald talked about was, uh, yes, uh, NFL Plus. It's a nice addition, so it's no longer free for us Verizon users. But but there's more, fr- there's actually more ultimate freedom, especially for somebody like me who might have to kind of keep up with the game a more difficult way at times when it comes to like you know lawn cleanups coming up in November, or um, I can keep up to it listening to it, you know, with with a with a, with a good app rather than relying on old-fashioned radio where it'll might not always come in well. And you know, because it's all together when you buy NFL Plus, just $30 for the whole year when you get to listen to every game as well. Every game is free to listen to. Well, not free, but not it's free now after paying that <laughs> accessible and it comes in good and all that. So I can listen to it and then catch up to it later, uh, before I do the show and such. Um, so I, I like that rather than having to uh join, the, join that and tune in radio, it can be kind of complicated. So, uh, so, you can join TuneIn Radio all you want as well. <laughs> it's up to you and all that. So, yeah. Uh, thank you for the call in, Gerald. Really appreciate it. And uh, hope to hear from you some more. Understood if you weren't able to see the whole game early on. Oh, that would look like a really good throw. And unfortunately, well defended by Dallas there. Oh, yeah. That's Diggs, isn't it? Number seven there. Yep. Good defense there. He had a million interceptions last season. So, Let's get to fan interaction if humanly possible. At least the Twitter side of things. I don't even have that set up properly because I'm an idiot. What else is new? Joey's an idiot? Never. Joey's never an idiot. Joey's a genius. I'm a genius, right? Not really. At Proble Mafia Show. At Proble Mafia Show. And as well, please do... Uh, join the Viget app and when you do join all you got to do is enter paladino live for the referral and of course the crypto.com app they'll put 25 dollars in your account as long as you click on the link showing that i referred you they'll have 25 dollars put in your account to start trading cryptocurrency and i'll just leave it at that i'm not going to say crypto is the crypto is the end all is the greatest thing ever and i'm not going to say it's the stupidest thing ever either because it's not the stupidest thing ever but it's not the greatest either it's it's what it is uh just like trading stocks or trading commodities some win some lose and that is reality ladies and gentlemen so i tried to join the was it that long ago no i was looking at something else i'll get back to that in a second what the heck it really was that long ago, or it was that recent yeah i did uh yep count o'connell mafia join. i uh, followed i love that i followed him he followed back Mad Martin was saying, bang on, brother. Hope things are good with you. I think I read that in the last episode. That was only a week ago. I was saying I'd like to join the uh, Purple Daily Cabinet for the oldest Vikings podcaster. Uh, Purple Mafia has been around since April uh, 2008. Is that acceptable? The one man out of the three Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad, and Declan Goff one person responded, and that was Judd Zolgad. And Judd Zolgad, you know, he's pretty much my favorite person on Score North anyway. So that's the coolest thing. I mean, I just like the guy. I, I like him a lot, that uh, Judd Zalget. He's kind of like me, where, you know, might not be the most, like, I'm just looking for friends all the time. Uh, best friend, you know, like, like I'm the friendly, I'm like looking for friends constantly, but I'm nice to everybody, and I treat people fairly, and that's what Judd Zalget does. You might not be looking to bond with everybody you meet, but at the same time, you do your best to get along with uh with people and thank you so much judd he was saying your use of meth stadium gets you even more points welcome so eventually hopefully phil Mackey approves it phil Mackey and uh, declan can be good guys as well but yep score north i like them i'd like to consider them allies if humanly possible in the future vince germano out of australia retweeted the most recent episode purple mafia episode seven uh 375 pardon me season preview 2022. Thank you so much for that. Malcolm McSween, also out of Cali, retweeted it. Gerald String liked it. Judd Zellgad, yeah, because I was saying I never got in, actually. Judd said, Did you not get in? Can we add this Viking fan, Phil Mackey? So that's cool. Phil Mackey said, We have openings to email me. So thank you. Thank you. Hopefully, yeah. And I did email him, but I wouldn't be surprised if he was extremely busy today. Didn't get a lot of responses on Twitter during the game today, and I also talked about uh, Southern Tears, <laughs> so I guess it's a free plug for so- Southern Tier Brewing. There, there are two different beers. There's also on Facebook as well, but on Twitter, I might as well open it here on Twitter. Since that's uh, usually where I go well, uh, to start things out. There's Irish Cream Stout, which it has a green label. That's basically the spring seasonal for Southern Tier. and then there's in the fall, they come out with pumpkin, which is like pumpkin and whatever, and it's orange, whatever. It's an orange logo, and it's a pumpkin flavored imperial, kind of like eight ounces, whatever, eight point six ounces. But then there's Warlock, which is a purple label, purple, which is a pumpkin stout, eight point six. Pumpkin is a staple. Every Halloween I have pumpkin, except last year I had um, Darkness from Sterling. <laughs> Pardon me. I should have, uh, should have hit the, uh, should have hit the dump button there, but. um, warlock a pumpkin stout is absolutely fantastic it has a purple logo so you have the Irish cream stout which is fantastic it came out in the spring you know like march april you know shamrock blah 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 you know Irish cream stout fantastic with the green so that's like the green bay packers because the green and then warlock purple and i said whoever wins today uh between the vikings and packers i'll drink that one and i was rooting for warlock obviously it's it is the better of the two i mean i think southern tier would admit that it is the better of the two it's one of the highest rated beers they make. And I can't wait to have that after the show tonight. So, because I'm not going to drink Warlock 8.6 and then do the show. And I could drink it as I'm doing the show, but it's probably not the best idea. Because I might start getting kind of sleepy. I don't know. I, I don't get drunk. I just get sleepy. You know, and I don't drink a lot either, by the way. Just one or two. And I would not drink two warlocks. Uh whatever you do is your business and we're happy for you. Uh Mad Martin said, Greetings, brother. Greeting Mad Martin, legendary Mad Martin out of Northern Scotland. As great as there is on Twitter. Says greetings, brother. Drink them both. Skull from Europe. I will send some audio later in the week. And I cannot wait. Cannot wait to hear from Mad Martin. Just like I I always, always, always look forward to hearing from your host, Ring out of Nebraska. And I'd love to hear from Brad Jacobson again. It's been like years, man. Just because I, just because the phone line disappeared and it switched over to audio submission, all it is is you just open up the, any free voice recording app. I don't know if Brent just doesn't like the idea or what the deal is because he just was like, yeah, you know, it just never happened. So let me know, Brent, how you feel about that. I'd, I'd love to hear you on the show because, you know, it's it's a very simple thing. Frankly, I think it's easier than having voicemail. And plus, if you're unhappy with what you did, you can just get rid of it. You can just ah screw that one and then make a new one, rather than see voicemail. If you're not happy, you're like uh Joey, don't don't put that one on. You know, like say if you cough or you totally stutter or you say we're playing Chicago next week when it's Philadelphia. You know that kind of thing. So look at it that way. It's actually easier to save face. Uh, maybe you stutter for some reason. You know, like some people do. I mean, I stutter sometimes. Not like I did when I was a teenager. <laughs> If a, I could never do a podcast at age, say, 14, 15, it would be frightening, actually. Let's just leave it where that is. <laughs> uh, what's going on? Okay, yay, she got that. Woohoo! Um, let's get to Facebook. Yeah, Twitter was very quiet, and that's my... Even though I tweeted a lot, people didn't respond much, which is okay. It's, that's life. Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Looks like just likes when it came to the most recent episode, season preview. That show didn't get a ton of listens yet, but hopefully it catches up soon going forward. Again, hope the audio doesn't suck on this episode, and if it does, I'll just have to arrange things back where they were. But I like doing it this way at the moment because I can at least see the game on. Even though I'm not going to watch it that close every single time because it's too distracting. But um, it's nice to have a clear view of the TV screen while I'm doing a show you know, Sunday Night Football, whatever, whenever I'm recording. And I may go mobile a bit as well because next week is Monday Night Football. That's the thing. It's Monday Night Football already. So I may go mobile going forward with this device called Samsung 22 Plus. Some of you that may have heard of the Freedom of Thought podcast. Well, that show is just almost all mobile now because, you know, I'll leave that as is. Uh, I'd rather record that while not at home. I'll just leave that where that is. Um, Sometimes around the campfire, you can hear the crickets and such. You might get a Purple Mafia episode or two like that. Where, like, the car with the windows open, or in front of a campfire, or something like that. It could happen. Uh, The audio turned out surprisingly decent. Like, decent. It's not as good as just with this M-audio that I'm using right now. Uh, It's just that it's placed differently, so hopefully it doesn't sound real crappy and echoey like I'm in a tin can or something. Or I'm sitting too far away from the microphone, like I'm in a big library or something, uh, or a cathedral, and it's too echoey, so I I'm hoping it's not the case, let's get to what you guys have to say before I babble my head off here, even though radio is about talking, sometimes it's good to hear from you as well, right, Uh, again, this is the in-game thread, Yeah, I wish it could just be all in chronological order. I was saying, yep, I want to wish a happy birthday to Mark Carlson. I didn't hear from him at all, so he must have been busy. And that's understandable. Yep. Come, uh, understandable, Mark. Hopefully I hear from you soon. I can't imagine he would just say, heck with Purple Mafia and heck with Joey. But it's your birthday. It's about, this is about Mark Carlson. It's not about Purple Mafia or Joey Weijin or, hell, you know, Joey either. Tane <laughs> Brown, out of New Zealand. Awesome guy. Says, happy birthday, Mark. And Mike Dale, awesome guy as well, out of the state of New York, not the, not New York City, says happy birthday, Mark, yep, and then I also talked about the same thing with the uh, Irish Cream Stout, uh, Not yeah, Irish Cream Stout, which is only 5.6%, so maybe I will have both, because it's significantly less, I'm not going to have two eight, uh, 8% beers uh, on the same day, I think that's a little too harsh, some of you can handle it, I 10, I'm sure. It's just, eh, that seems like a lot. I don't know. But I suppose, I used to have the, the bomber sized pumpkins on Halloween and, you know, just just kind of got sleepy and went to bed, basically. So it's not like I'm getting drunk and stuff. Uh, I was saying, depending on who wins, blah, 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 blah. Mike Dale, who is from the state of New York, says, you know my love for the warlock. Yep, yep. Cause I remember, we talked about that about a year ago around Halloween, if I remember correctly. I talked well about warlock that I was talking, yeah, I think it was around that time, because it's a great, it's a great pumpkin stout, it really is, I was saying it's super good, and it's chill, it's chilling right now, ready to go, depending on the victory, of course, I won't have it until after the show is done, in the later evening, yep, so pretty soon now, a little closer than I was when I typed that, I'll for four down, blah, 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 to Jefferson, what I'd rather hear from you guys, Patrick Grant says, Vikings win, enough said, let's go, that was his prediction, and he was right, Brett McCarthy, South Dakota, says Skoll, happy birthday, Mark. Yep, and thank you so much, Brett McCarthy. Eric Mustard says, yep, he's also from South Dakota, and let's see how the the defense does. Well, we're lucky he dropped that. Yep, yep, and that was, uh, there was that Christian guy. (laughs) And I don't mean anything too crazy here. And it was indeed Mr. Watson. Elementary, my dear Watson. I just wanted to get that correct, so my apologies. For my stupidity. So, thank you, Eric. Uh, Brett McCarthy says, nice defense. Rogers has those pissed off eyes again. Yes, he did. Jesse Ball says, I hope to see Rogers sacked about five or six times today. Oh, and winning the game would be good, too. Sure would, wouldn't it? (laughs) Brett McCarthy says, awesome drive. That's the touchdown. Oh, I mean, wow. Nice first half. Impressive. Keep it up. And it sure was. Mike Dale says, Jay Jets is not human. This is quite enjoyable, says Mike Dale. Red McCarthy says, wow, Jefferson is a machine. You got nothing, says uh, Mike Dale. And that's to the Packers. Red McCarthy says, not sure about the defense yet. Yeah, because of the poor tackling. Eric Mustard showing some unbelievable numbers here. Let's pop that up. Thank you very much, Eric. Says, uh, yep, the total yards in the game. Justin Jefferson, 158. This was at the current time. And Green Bay, 101 receiving ours. Green Bay. Not green, Not any single player. Green Bay. Oh, why does this keep doing this? Okay, you updated the page. Thank you, Facebook. We don't need to keep showing me the... I appreciate that. Um, really appreciate it. Brad McCarthy says, where is Thielen? Yeah, I mean, it's, it is It is what it is, right? And then you get to this most relevant bullcrap. Uh, they're all relevant, you schmucks. There's no such thing as most relevant. These are just, Oh, I'm just going to cut some people off. Yeah, that's real smart. Mike Dale says, someone pinch me. (laughs) You think I'm going to cut people off? That's the last thing I want to do. And any time if I ever do, please let me know. That is not what I'm about. I'm telling you, that is not what I'm about. Ooh, that's a classic one right there. He should get the, yeah, he needs to get in. He needs to get in this year. Yep, he knows who he is out of the UK. Yep, (laughs) come back. and Yep, the UK, we're talking about that maybe too when I get to Matt Emer. Jeff Froyland out of Iowa says it feels strange holding a substantial lead. Never happened last season. This was in the post-game thread. Isn't that something? Why am I commenting as Joey Awaija? That's annoying. Should be as Purple Mafia. Freaking stupid. I don't like that. I, I don't like it. I'm going to switch it over. No! <laughs> this is so Irritating. Uh, Now it would show me commenting as Timberwolves Explosion. Yeah, I don't like this. I don't like it. Facebook is annoying. They're ruining it. Okay, see? All profiles. There. Okay. So those of you trying to start a page, and if you want to have more than one, like multiple shows, oh, it's annoying. Oh, it's annoying. It's annoying. Thank you, whatever your name is, Zuckerberg, for messing this up real bad. Now I don't see Purple Mafia at all. I almost thought i edit this out, but I think it's too funny. You guys are probably laughing your head off listening to this, so why would I turn it off? Just let me go to my damn page already. <laughs> just just go to the page. Thank you. Yeah, just just go to the page. <laughs> okay, now I'm interacting. It's Purple Mafia show. Oh, my God. I have no idea how annoying that is. Lord. Lord. Mike Dale says, okay, credit where it's worth. Jay Jets and Kirk Cousins take a bow. To put the Packers to the sword on opening day, that has to be commendable. Skull. Mike Dale continues saying, the Vikings defense has to get lots of accolades in this, as they were superb, leaving the Packers, the Packers, (laughs) to only seven points. Give it seven, uh, I mean, give it it effing up. Incredible. Yeah, because... It never happens. I don't think Rodgers has ever had only seven points against the Vikings, so that's pretty damn impressive. Um, great start of the season, where we didn't know where the proverbial wins would take them. Uh, thoroughly enjoyable, Skull. I have to say, early on, to where the experts who claim the Peckers will win the North, perhaps you'd like to rethink? And I hope so. I hope so. Tony Coleman, legendary Tony Coleman, out of South Dakota says great start to the season great work out of Jefferson McConnell seemed tuned in I'm looking forward to the season me too and yep that might be one of the reasons why Tony Coleman was like I, you know he would kind of disappeared for a while probably just sick of the Zimmer era yep I'm sure he was <laughs> Jeff Furland says it feels strange to holding a substantial lead yep I read that one great win school. and he responded with yeah this must be our biggest win in a while and I would say so Matt Emer out of the UK. Really, uh, he says, really wanted a shutout, but a pretty dominant display. Can't complain. Although I, I just kind of did. <laughs> yeah, I kind of just did. And Matt Emer, yep, out of the UK, where they have a new king in. Prince Charles is now King Charles III, and that's pretty crazy. Obviously, considering that uh, our, all of us, unless you're over 70 years old, and you don't have to be well over 70 years old, to have remembered uh, King George I believe he was the third no, he was much later, King George the sixth, pardon me, who was the, the King of England during World War II ended up dying in 1952 replaced by Queen Elizabeth II and man, I mean it must be something else over all those years to uh, go from Elizabeth to, to King Charles so it must be really something no doubt about it, even though a lot of times the Prime Minister may have more say in England but what do I know? I, I really don't. So uh, very interesting and great to hear from you, Matt Eimer. Missed missed you, always missed you. Um, Jim Juniman says. I hope I'm pronouncing that cor- correctly. Off offensive to stale in second haphazard. Hmm. Hmm. Brett McCarthy, where where's Jim Juniman from? Curb. Well, work store manager, owner at Caribou Coffee. That's pretty cool. Very cool, actually. So. Brad McCarthy says, nice balanced game, nice win. Jesse Paul says, good to see Rogers under some purple shirts many times. Always good to see him frustrated on the sidelines, and we sure did, didn't we? No doubt about it, eh? Gerald String says, looks like a different team so far. Actually have a defense now. Mm-hmm. Yep, it was absent for the last couple of years. <sighs> Lila Ab, yeah, I'm seeing the stupid most relevant again. It's just got to go. Get rid of that. I don't have 900 million comments. I want to hear from all of you. Now it's all out of order. That's great. Eric Mustard said, JJ, nine receptions, 184 yards, two touchdowns, the entire Packers corpse with Aaron Rodgers, 22 receptions, 195 yards with 22 receptions and zero touchdowns. That really is something else. Leland Albertson, What is this? Uh, a video of some kind. Give me one second. Gerald Spring says you yep, different teams so far. I'll come back to Leland here. There's a couple Lelands. Uh, looks like a changed locker room to me. The game and stadium atmosphere just felt different. Let's keep this train a rolling. Chugga chugga choo choo. No doubt about that. I agree. Let's see what this video is if it lets me. Follow the link, please. And yeah, there it is. That's Kevin O'Connell getting fired up after the game and there's no sound because this is annoying but that's okay. It's really cool because it's, it's only six seconds but yeah, boy, that is fun to see. It's because the way the, the stupid uh, Audacity is set up. It, it's all like oh, it can only connect this way. I hate that. I'd have to unplug the microphone which not a good idea but uh, it's pretty cool to see though. You can check it out and that was a cool video. Thank you very much Leland. Very cool. That should get you a star. As that's the end of the comments. A little quieter this week than normal, but the followers have been growing, so that's good. Kevin O'Connell and all that. This could really help the Purple Mafia show. And of course, uh, it's not because I was mis- not because I'm Mister Popular and any better than I was last year or anything. But it all shows you the vibe on the team is what matters most. You know, like Brave the Wild did better when Kirill Kaprizov came, and uh, a cool guy like Derek Felska, in In case he's listening. Happen to uh help out the show as well, coming in with some new ideas to like bring in more listener involvement and such I mean it's it's stuff like that, you know it really helps, and all the, all the friends that have joined as well. I man you guys are awesome and uh it's great to be back. I was telling Fred Jacobson off the mic uh I, I I wasn't really feeling it still. I could not get out of preseason mode yesterday, and it's because it's partially because of the stupid 3.30 crap, which is annoying. I like noon. I'm just one of those kind of people. I like noon. I like to kind of get it done, get moving, this and that, (laughs) and kind of plan things out. But this turned out just fine. And, of course, Vikings won convincingly and all that. Um, Green Bay laid an egg last year in their season opener, and they still had a great season. They almost, you know, but then they choked to San Francisco. Uh, So I'm not sure what's going to happen in San Francisco, by the way. Kind of scary for them. But uh, let's pass out the stars for this episode before I babble over it and don't even get to it. Gold star for this episode, it's kind of tough. I mean, there's always it's always tough. It's going to go to, I'm going to give it to Gerald String and Mark Carlson, Gerald String for calling in. Mark Carlson, even though he didn't comment once, it's his birthday. So gold star for Gerald String and Mark Carlson. Um, some of you might think that's kind of, hacky Joey. Come on, Joey, what are you doing? No, but I mean, I, know, I think they both deserve it and they're legends. Um, Jeff Froyland, a gold-plated silver star, no doubt about it. Cool video and uh, good involvement with things. Obviously, uh, Eric Mustard, Ben McCarthy, you deserve tons of credit as well. You're at least getting silver-plated bronze stars and such. Hope to hear for more and more from you guys going forward. Thank you so much for the, the wonderful, wonderful comments. Always like to hear from Patrick Grant as well. Thank you guys for your involvement with this episode. Uh, Tony Coleman, great to hear from you again. Oh, Mike Dale, what am I doing? Mike Dale, he's at least a silver star. He's just a superstar, man. He, he can write, and I, I wouldn't mind hearing from him in a audio submission, but if he, if he prefers just doing it this way, totally fine. It got him in the Hall of Fame, and very early. That's how good he is. So, with that said, I don't know if the old woman's jumping on me right now. He's just, uh, yeah more reason to want to go mobile because if it's a monday night thing yeah that woman is difficult let's just leave it as that i wouldn't mind actually telling her that to her face you're difficult just in case you know can't wait to just yeah time to get out of here one of these days um so yes next week there's a pretty good chance i will be going mobile i'm holding the i will be going mobile with this thing or with my cute little uh smaller you know it's a smaller more budgety version of the laptop i'm on right now lenovo laptop it's a little smaller silver one it's more budgety but yeah it was a free laptop i got from work for earning points whatever for good performance and all that cute stuff um so i was able to get get it that way so and it's kind of more built for being mobile so we'll see uh i can make the show a little more flexible where maybe i record outside and stuff like that um, with, and with his mobile device which technology has been improving and the audio quality has improved on these things over the years so it's pretty pretty nice and convenient to have no question about that um, great to be back though thank you for uh, having me thank you for joining me can't wait to hear more and more audio submissions from Gerald String I'd like to hear from Mark Carlson again Dave Hickey again I mean man I miss the calls of Dave Hickey they were really good um malcolm mcsween he just unbelievable calls it's been forever man you gotta do one yeah i remember how good malcolm mcsween's calls were just just so good uh and of course mad martin is like the greatest ever, the greatest uh the you know it's he's he's tough to beat he's he's the goat when it comes to that uh he's he's the tom brady of call-ins <laughs> he's so good um but that's not discounting anybody else you guys are all like stars all stars i mean i love every one of you so much so with that anybody that hasn't please write a positive rating on either apple podcasts stitcher uh audible or i think spotify it's just a star rating but those of you that have done it thank you very much anyone that can please do really appreciate it tell your friends about the show basically stuff like that uh the audio submission How you do that is you open any free smart device on the planet. Samsung, you have this. Apple, you have that. It's usually just as voice or voice recorder or something. You just press it. You just open it. You just press the big red record button. Talk. Treat it like a phone call. Hit stop. And then share it slash email it to paladinolive at yahoo.com. paladinolive at yahoo.com. This information will be in the show description for copy and paste or whatever you want to do. With that said, wishing you a wonderful week, Skull Vikings, and hope for a 2-0 start.